Matthew chapter 2 verses 19 through 23 and chapter 3 verses 1 through 3 of Catina Aurea, Commentary on the Four Gospels, collected out of the works of the Fathers by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 19 and 20. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel. For they are dead which sought the young child's life. Eusebius. For the sacrilege which Herod had committed against the Savior, and his wicked slaughter of the infants of the same age, the divine vengeance hastened his end. And his body, as Josephus relates, was attacked by a strange disease, so that the prophets declared that they were not human ailments, but visitations of divine vengeance. Filled with mad fury, he gives command to seize and imprison the heads and nobles out of all parts of Judea, ordering that as soon as ever he should breathe his last, they should be all put to death. And so Judea, though unwilling, might mourn at his decease. Just before he died, he murdered his son Antipater, besides two boys put to death before, Alexander and Aristobulus. Such was the end of Herod, noticed in those words of the evangelist, when Herod was dead, and such the punishment inflicted. Jerome. Many here err from ignorance of history, supposing the Herod who mocked our Lord on the day of his passion, and the Herod whose death is here related, were the same. But the Herod who was then made friends with Pilate was son of this Herod and brother to Archelaus, where Archelaus was banished to Lyon in Gaul, and his father Herod made king in his room, as we read in Josephus. Pseudo Dionysius. See how Jesus himself, though far above all celestial beings, and coming unchanged to our nature, shunned not the ordinance of humanity which he had taken on him, but was obedient to the dispositions of his Father made known by angels. For even by angels is declared to Joseph the retreat of the Son into Egypt, so ordained of the Father and his return again to Judea. Pseudo Chrysostom. See how Joseph was set for ministering to Mary when she went into Egypt and returned, who would have fulfilled to her this so needful ministry had she not been betrothed. For to outward view, Mary nourished and Joseph defended the child. But in truth, the child supported his mother and protected Joseph. Return into the land of Israel. For he went down into Egypt as a physician, not to abide there, but to succor it sick with error. But the reason of the return is given in the words, They are dead, etc. Jerome. From this we see that not Herod only, but also the priests and scribes had sought the Lord's death at that time. Rigmig. But if they were many who sought his destruction, how came they all to have died in so short a time? As we have related above, all the great men among the Jews were slain at Herod's death, pseudo Chrysostom, and that is said to have been done by the counsel of God for their conspiring with Herod against the Lord. As it is said, Herod was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Rigmig. Or the evangelist uses a figure of speech, by which the plural is used for the singular. These words, the child's life, overthrow those heretics who taught that Christ did not take a soul, but had his divinity in place of a soul, bead. 
this slaughter of the infants for the Lord's sake, the death of Herod soon after, and Joseph's return with the Lord and his mother to the land of Israel, is a figure showing that all the persecutions moved against the church will be avenged by the death of the persecutor, peace restored to the church, and the saints who had concealed themselves return to their own places. Or the return of Jesus to the land of Israel on the death of Herod shows that the preaching of Enoch and Elijah, the Jews, when the fire of modern jealousy shall be extinguished, shall receive the true faith. Verses 21 through 23. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. And when he had heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Gloss. Joseph was not disobedient to the angelic warning, but he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. The angel had not fixed a particular place, so that while Joseph hesitates, the angel returns, and by the often visiting him confirms his obedience. Josephus. Herod had nine wives, by seven of whom he had a numerous issue. By Jusidia, his firstborn, Antipater, by Miriamine, Alexander, Aristobulus, by Methuca, a Samaritan woman, Archelaus, by Cleopatra of Jerusalem, Herod, who was afterwards Tetrarch, and Philip. The three first were put to death by Herod, and after his death Archelaus seized the throne by occasion of his father's will, and the question of the succession was carried before Augustus Caesar. After some delay he made a distinction of the whole of Herod's dominions in accordance with the Senate's advice. To Archelaus he assigned one half, consisting of Idumea and Judea, with the title of Tetrarch, and a promise of that of king if he showed himself deserving of it. The rest he divided into two tetrarchs, giving Galilee to Herod the Tetrarch, Ituria, and Trachontius to Philip. Thus Archelaus was after his father's death a durarch, which kind of sovereign is here called a kingdom. Augustine. Here it may be asked, how then could his parents go up every year of Christ's childhood to Jerusalem, as Luke relates, if fear of Archelaus now prevented them from approaching it? This difficulty is easily solved. At the festival they might escape notice in the crowd, and by returning soon, where in ordinary times they might be afraid to live. So they neither became irreligious by neglecting the festival, nor notorious by dwelling continually in Jerusalem. Or it is open to us to understand Luke when he says they went up every year as speaking of a time when they had nothing to fear from Archelaus, who, as Josephus relates, reigned only nine years. There is yet a difficulty in what follows. Being warned in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. If Joseph was afraid to go into Judea because one of Herod's sons, Archelaus, reigned there, how could he go into Galilee where another of his sons, Herod, was Tetrarch, as Luke tells us? as if the times of which Luke is speaking were times in which there was any longer need to fear for the child, when even in Judea things were so changed that Archelaus no longer ruled there, but Pilate was governor. Gloss. But then we might ask, why was he not afraid to go into Galilee, seeing Archelaus ruled there also? He could be better concealed in Nazareth than in Jerusalem. 
which was the capital of the kingdom and where Archelaus was constantly in residence, Chrysostom, and when he had once left the country of his birth, all the occurrences passed out of mind. The rage of persecution had been spent in Bethlehem and its neighborhood. By choosing Nazareth, therefore, Joseph avoided danger and returned to his country. Augustine, this may perhaps occur to some, that Matthew says his parents went with the child Jesus to Galilee because they feared Archelaus, when it should seem most probable that they chose Galilee because Nazareth was their own city, as Luke has forgot to mention. We must understand that when the angel in the vision in Egypt said to Joseph, Go into the land of Israel, Joseph understood the command to be that he should go straight into Judea, that being properly the land of Israel. But finding Archelaus ruling there, he would not court the danger, as the land of Israel might be interpreted to extend to Galilee, which is inhabited by the children of Israel. Or we may suppose his parents supposed that Christ should dwell nowhere but in Jerusalem, where was the temple of the Lord, and would have gone thither had not the fear of Archelaus hindered them, and they had not been commanded from God to dwell positively in Judea or Jerusalem, so as that they should have despised the fear of Archelaus, but only in the land of Israel generally, which they might understand of Galilee. Hilary. But the figurative interpretation holds good anyway. Joseph represents the apostles, to whom Christ is entrusted to be born about. These, as though Herod were dead, that is, his people being destroyed in the Lord's passion, are commanded to preach the gospel to the Jews. They are sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But finding the seed of their heredity, unbelief still abiding, they fear and withdraw. Admonished by a vision to wit, seeing the Holy Ghost poured upon the Gentiles, they carry Christ to them. Rabanus, Or we may apply it to the last times of the Jewish church, when many Jews having turned to the preaching of Enoch and Elijah, the rest filled with the spirit of Antichrist shall fight against the faith, so that part of Judea, where Archelaus rules, signifies the followers of Antichrist. Nazareth of Galilee. Whether Christ is conveyed, that part of the nation shall embrace the faith. Galilee means removal. Nazareth, the flower of virtues. For the church, the more zealously she removes from the earthly to the heavenly, the more she abounds in the flower and fruit of virtues. Gloss. To this he adds the prophet's testimony, saying that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, etc. Jerome. Had he meant to quote a particular text, he would not have written prophets, but the prophets. By thus using the plural, he evidently does not take the words of any one passage in scripture, but the sense of the whole. Nazarene is interpreted holy, and that the Lord would be holy all scripture testifies. Otherwise we may explain that it is found in Isaiah rendered to the strict letter of the Hebrew. There shall come a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a Nazarene shall grow out of his roots. Pseudo-Chrysostom. They might have read this in some prophets, who are not in our canon, as Nathan or Ezra's. That there was some prophecy to this purport is clear from what Philip says to Nathaniel, him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth. Hence the Christians were at first called Nazarenes. At Antioch their name was changed to that of Christians. Augustine. The whole of this history, from the account of the Magi inclusively, Luke omits. Let it be here noticed once for all, 
that each of the evangelists writes as if he were giving a full and complete history, which omits nothing. Where he really passes over anything, he continues his thread of history as if he had told all. Yet by diligent comparison of their several narratives, we can be at no loss to know where to insert any particular that is mentioned by one and not by the other. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Pseudo Chrysostom The sun, as he approaches the horizon, and before he is yet visible, sends out his rays, and makes the eastern sky to glow with light that aurora going before may herald the coming day. Thus the Lord at his birth in this earth, and before he shows himself, enlightens John by the rays of his Spirit's teaching, that he might go before and announce the Savior that was to come. Therefore, having related the birth of Christ, before proceeding to his teaching and baptism, wherein he received such testimony, he first premises somewhat of the Baptist and forerunner of the Lord in those days, etc. Rigmig, in these words we have not only the time, place, and person respecting St. John, but also his office and employment. For the first time, generally, in those days. Augustine, Luke describes the time by the reigning sovereigns, but Matthew must be understood to speak of a wider space of time by the phrase, those days, than the fifteenth year of Tiberius having related Christ's return from Egypt, which must be placed in early boyhood or even infancy, to make it agree with what Luke has told of his being in the temple at twelve years old, he adds directly, in those days, not intending thereby only the days of his childhood, but all the days from his birth to the preaching of John. Rigmig. The man is mentioned in the words, came John, that is, showed himself, having abode so long in obscurity. Chrysostom. But why must John thus go before Christ with a witness of deeds preaching him? First, that we might hence learn Christ's dignity, that he also, as the Father has, has prophets in the words of Zacharias, and thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest. Secondly, that the Jews might have no cause for offense. As he declared, John came neither eating nor drinking, and, they say, he hath a devil. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a gluttonous man. It needeth, moreover, that the things concerning Christ should be told by some other first, and not by himself. Or what would the Jews have said, who, after the witness of John, made complaint? Thou bearest witness of thyself. Thy witness is not true. Rigmig. His office, the Baptist, in this he prepared the way of the Lord, or had not men been used to be baptized, they would have shunned Christ's baptism, his employment, preaching. Rabban, for because Christ was to preach, as soon as it seemed the fit time, that is, about thirty years of age, he began by his preaching to make ready the way for the Lord. Rigmig, the place, the desert of Judea, Maximus, where neither a noisy mob would interrupt his preaching, and whither no unbelieving hearer would retire, but those only would hear who sought to his preaching for motives of divine worship. Jerome. Consider how the salvation of God and the glory of the Lord is preached not in Jerusalem, 
but in the solitary of the church, in the wilderness to the multitudes. Hilary, or we came to Judea, desert by the absence of God, not of population, that the place of preaching might witness the few to whom the preaching was sent. Gloss. The desert typically means a life removed from the temptations of the world, such as befits the penitent. Augustine. Unless one repent him of his former life, he cannot begin a new life. Hilary. He therefore preaches repentance when the kingdom of heaven approaches, by which we return from error, we escape from sin, and after shame for our faults, we make profession of forsaking them. Pseudo Chrysostom. In the very commencement, he shows himself a messenger of a merciful prince. He comes not with threats to the offender, but with offers of mercy. It is a custom with kings to proclaim a general pardon on the birth of a son. But first they send throughout their kingdom officers to exact severe fines. But God, willing at the birth of his son to give pardon of sins, first sends his officer, proclaiming, Repent ye. O exaction which leaves none poor, but makes many rich. For even when we pay our just debt of righteousness, we do God no service, but only gain our own salvation. Repentance cleanses the heart, enlightens the sense, and prepares the human soul for the reception of Christ. As he immediately adds, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jerome. John Baptist is the first to preach the kingdom of heaven, that the forerunner of the Lord may have this honorable privilege. Chrysostom. And he preaches what the Jews had never heard, not even from the prophets. Heaven. Namely, in the kingdom that is there, and of the kingdoms of the earth he says nothing. Thus by the novelty of those things of which he speaks, he gains their attention to him whom he preaches. Rigmig. The kingdom of heaven has a fourfold meaning. It is said of Christ, as the kingdom of God is within you. Of holy scripture, as the kingdom of God shall be taken from you, and shall be given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. Of the holy church, as the kingdom of heaven is like unto ten virgins. Of the abode above, as many shall come from the east and the west, and shall sit down in the kingdom of heaven. And all these significations may be here understood. Gloss, the kingdom of heaven shall come nigh you. For if it approach not, none would be able to gain it. For weak and blind, they had not the way, which was Christ. Augustine. The other evangelists omit these words of John. What follows? This is he, etc. It is not clear whether the evangelist speaks them in his own person, or whether they are part of John's preaching, and the whole from repent ye to Elias the prophet is to be assigned to John. It is of no importance that he says, This is he, and not I am he. For Matthew, speaking of himself, says, he found a man sitting at the toll office, not he found me. Though when asked what he said of himself, he answered, as is related by John the Evangelist, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Gregory, it is well known that the only begotten Son is called the Word of the Father, as in John, in the beginning was the Word. But it is by our own speech that we are known. The voice sounds that the words may be heard. Thus John, the forerunner of the Lord's coming, is called the voice, because by his ministry the voice of the Father is heard by men. Pseudo-Chrysostom. The voice is a confused sound, discovering no secret of the heart, 
only signifying that he who utters it desires to say somewhat. It is the word that is the speech that openeth the mystery of the heart. Voice is common to men and other animals, word particular to man. John, then, is called the voice, and not the word, because God did not discover his counsels through him, but only signified that he was about to do something among men. But afterwards, by his son, he fully opened the mystery of his will. Rabanus. He is rightly called the voice of one crying, on account of the loud sound of his preaching. Three things cause a man to speak loud. When the person he speaks to is at a distance, or is deaf, or if the speaker be angry, and all these three were then found in the human race. Gloss. John, then, is, as it were, the voice of the word crying. The word is heard by the voice, that is, Christ by John. Bede. In like manner he has cried from the beginning through the voice of all who have spoken aught by inspiration. And yet is John only called the voice, because that word which others showed afar off he declares as nigh. Gregory. Crying in the desert, because he shows to deserted and forlorn Judea the approaching consolation of her Redeemer. Rigmig. Though as far as historical fact is concerned, he chose the desert to be removed from the crowds of people. What the purport of his cry was is insinuated when he adds, Make ready the way of the Lord. Pseudo-Chrysostom. As a great king, going on a progress, is preceded by courtiers to cleanse what is foul, repair what is broken, so John preceded the Lord to cleanse the human heart from the filth of sin. By the besom of repentance, and to gather by an ordinance of spiritual precepts, those things which had been scattered abroad. Gregory, every one who preacheth right faith and good works prepares the Lord's way to the hearts of the hearers and makes his path straight in cleansing the thoughts by the word of good preaching. Gloss, or faith is the way by which the word reaches the heart. When the life is amended, the paths are made straight. End of Matthew chapter 2 verses 19 through 23. In chapter 3, verses 1 through 3.